Oh, anyone else feeling this is going to be a great episode? I've just got, I've had that feeling now for a little bit. It's been brewing inside me. Joe Scrabbles, what do you think? Uh, I think you're over-egging the pudding a bit. You've said this about three times off-air, one time on-air. <laughs> I think it I'm might excited. be... This might be a mind-over-matter situation where you really think it's not going to be a good episode and you're just <laughs> saying it will be over no, and over I'm again. just happy to be talking to my friends about things I love. Matthew. Hello. Are you are you feeling juiced? Um, not quite as juicy as like juice in a bowl of cereal as <laughs> as we've dealt with, but maybe just kind of like a a small glass of Tropicana <laughs> with a Ooh, with a big favorite Tropicana with a big Weetabix dunked in the top <laughs> like a garnish. Yeah, and rolled in cheese. Um, well, um, I'm very partial to the orange and mango Tropicana. Are you? Oh, that's a good one. They used to do one called Ruby Breakfast that I still yeah. think is one of the most delicious juice drinks I've ever had, and it's not been available for about ten years. It was like that was my fancy thing at uni. If I'd buy all the shit, I'd buy like roller cola and fucking <laughs> own brand beans and all that stuff, but I'd splurge on Ruby Breakfast. Well, I don't want to hear you splurging on Ruby Breakfast. Um, <laughs> should we start a trend? Start a hashtag? Bring back Ruby Breakfast juice? I mean, juice. I'm up for it. I'd love to hear if people have a favourite discontinued juice. Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, does Five Alive still exist? I don't know. I think it does, but I, I struggled to call Five Alive juice. It's more no, of a squash, it's, it's a juice it? drink. Yeah, a uh, juice drink. Yeah, like a Capri um, Sun. Anyway, this wasn't why I was excited, because I didn't even know... This is the sort of surprises we... I didn't even know Juice was going to come up. God, we're sparky. Uh, we are. Um, should we talk about... And for the first time in a while, and with valid reason, should we talk about Overwatch? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rather than just bring it up because we like it. Mm-hmm. Last week was Blizzard. Do you know what? Before we do this, though, I am going to briefly say we are recording this before the PlayStation State of Play, mm. which means... You know, you may be a bit like, why aren't they talking about the massive things that were shown at the State of Play tonight? We will add it onto the end of this podcast. Um, It'll be me and one or two other people. We don't know who's going to do it yet, but we'll have a brief little discussion about what they show there. Could be nothing, but, you know, we'll talk about it anyway. It'd be very weird if it was nothing. (laughs) They announce a big State of Play and then Jim Ryan walks on with his hands in his pockets, kicking (laughs) kicking the floor like Charlie Brown. (laughs) Just says... Guys, sorry, I actually forgot my HD, uh, my USB stick, um, so we've got nothing. So I'm just going to sing, and then Jim Bryan does a load of songs from memory and shuffles off again. I was thinking, what about if he just stood there for 29 minutes staring down the camera, and then in the last 10 seconds just said, we're bringing back Ruby Breakfast Juice. Oh, <laughs> twist! And that's it. I'd love that. That would be quite good, um, to be fair. Anyway, last weekend, Blizzard had their BlizzCon line, which no one is saying and no one should ever say Correct. because it's just BlizzCon. BlizzCon line is a terrible word. Um, but there was some good things there. First of all, like I said before, Overwatch 2, which they previously said in the build-up kind of, you know, don't expect a lot. We might not be seeing much. And then we actually had a full-on, like, 40-minute behind-the-scenes thing, which mm-hmm. showed quite a lot, I thought. Yeah, I'd, I, I think this... I might be wrong, but I feel like the sentiment around this was that it was bad. And I would counter that by saying, no, it was good. So yeah. that's, that's <laughs> I was quite criticism. surprised, because, yeah, I thought that it was 40 minutes of quite 
packed full of a lot of information. Yeah. Like I imagine if you're not into Overwatch, half of it wouldn't have been as exciting, but... Why are you tuning you know, in specifically for an online Overwatch presentation yeah, if you're not into exactly. Overwatch? Um, but yeah, I thought I still saw a lot, and I don't know if it's just people on the internet, but I saw a lot of snarky comments still of people like, oh, so it's still just a little DLC update. Is they, they did a whole like, section what? in which Jeff was <laughs> pointing out, it's not, it is, it's a full-on sequel, and we know, mm. like they even said to, because Joe, obviously you did your interview in which he was, it sounded like he was quite apologetic about the fact that in the previous BlizzCon, he'd maybe not made it clear enough as to how much of a huge iteration well, and sequel this game is. I also love that, like, it's not just that he was... He was visibly frustrated. Like, he's annoyed that people have taken it that way. And he he said, like, I take some responsibility for that. But mm. I think it, he did... a he I thought a very good line about this, which was like... If I'd come on stage at BlizzCon 2019 and said, hey, we're making Overwatch 2, see you later, Overwatch 1... People would have been fine with it, but if I come on stage and say, "Hey, we want to try and be cooler about this and like let people who want to stay with Overwatch One get new stuff," people get like he says, "We get <laughs> destroyed by our own community," and it's like, "Yeah, he's right. This is an extremely nice way to approach making a sequel, and one that doesn't appear to be holding back the sequel in it, in any meaningful way." Like, I've no doubt that in a couple of years they might just go, Overwatch 1, we can't support it anymore. And that will be the good thing to do. <laughs> like, it's such yeah. a wild situation. Mm -hmm. Well, there are lots of... I think we'll briefly talk about maybe the PvP stuff because that's a bit more, like, you know, a bit more detail-based. There's a few, like, huge changes they're thinking about, which is, like, a whole change to how the tank class works. But I think the more interesting stuff and to try and speak to a broad an audience as possible is the addition of all the PvE stuff, mm. which is, I think, what will get a lot of people that maybe haven't played or didn't enjoy Overwatch 1 into mm -hmm. Overwatch 2. Yeah. Because not everyone wants to play online shooters, and that's perfectly understandable. Yeah. But it looks like, and we're still not sure quite how much, but it looks like quite a substantial amount of PvE content is being added to this game. Yeah, so like, even putting aside the story, which is every single thing is a new map, that's got a whole campaign built around it. There are not, I don't think there are branching narratives, but there are certainly like branching dialogues based on which characters you take into that. Like even putting all of that aside, they've got this whole PVE missions thing called Hero Missions in which every single new and old map will be able to be played as a PVE thing with different objectives, different routes, new locations, um, like of several different enemy types. So you could, you could play the same map with the same objective with the same team, but come up against two completely different enemy forces even who have different ways to fight them like the sh the sheer amount that they seem to be talking about adding here and the scale of it like Aaron Keller I think says in the behind the scenes we're aiming for hundreds of missions um mm -hmm. like that's so exciting to me and I love yeah. like the little details about like you could be doing going down King's Row with a payload like you always do and then suddenly it turns the wrong way and opens a gate you've never seen before and you're like fuck that's really cool like what a sweet like, way to deal with this everything they said about this is what I want the Avengers game to be I was thinking a exactly whole loot that. and gear system like it is and I've kind of thought this for a while now like Overwatch really is, I think, just the best superhero game you could get. They're not, you know, established superheroes in quotation marks like Marvel or DC. They are effectively heroes. They're called heroes. And, like, this is what the Avengers game should have been. But instead, they tried to make it a looter shooter and a mm -hmm. like, gear-based game. Whereas, 
Overwatch are not doing that part. They do have the talent trees, which look really interesting. Mm. They kind of look like, if you haven't seen them, maybe if you're familiar with Borderlands, kind of like the talent trees they yeah. have in those. Each character has three different options. You can kind of mix and match. Uh, but you've got that for what? How many heroes? Is it? Like 31? 32, 32? I think. 32 with heroes, with Sojourn, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, like, there's so much to experiment with. And I think people have, people have, a couple people have written in and a couple people have, like, asked as well, like, should you wait for Overwatch 2 if you haven't played Overwatch 1 or get into Overwatch 1 now? I'd say, A, Overwatch 2 isn't coming this year, they've said. Mm. So, like, it's at least a year away. And B, I think you should get into Overwatch. If you're interested in Overwatch, like, and it will be, I think, fairly cheap. Now, I think you could probably get it for, like, £15. Mm. Like, um, just get into it and learn the game. And then I think when Overwatch 2 launches and they're teasing all the story stuff and new characters, it will mean a lot, like it'll be much more exciting for yeah. you. I, I, guess, the game, I guess there is a certain the, thing sorry. here where it depends on what you want out of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it sounds like Overwatch 2 has kind of like, aside from PvP, which is what we know and love from Overwatch, there's two sort of sides to what you'll get with that PvE. You've got like a co-op campaign, which is a tailored story-driven experience then you've got what is essentially left for dead on a roulette wheel where it mm. spins and decides what mm-hmm. map you're going to get what enemies you're going to get and what you've got to do on that map which obviously creates this sort of infinitely replayable version of uh like, like a not a wave-based shooter but like what that left for dead is like you're progressing through a map and killing pve enemies and it's if you're not into competitive shooting then perhaps that's what you've got to wait for but i think if you love the look of those characters and you like playing a is it 5v5 no 6v6 isn't it overwatch yeah 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 if you like that then absolutely jump in now because you're going to unlock so many cosmetics that you can then use because that's the idea isn't it like your your account will port over into overwatch 2 so so you're like you're, you're you'll be getting like loads of stuff that's worthwhile picking up in the time now and as you say cardi learning those heroes because every single one offers something really quite unique for that experience yeah i'd say if you're yeah if you're interested enough to be asking that question it's probably worth getting overwatch now even if the pve stuff is really what you see yourself going for if you think you might enjoy some pvp just learning like you say those characters are all unique and just learning how they work is such a huge part of playing that game like both in the way you control it and the way you play with your team and the way you play against other teams like team makeup and the effects of it change so much of what it is um Mm -hmm. so i think it is it would be useful to go in there um and actually i think we got another question from someone i think it was marie asking like hey we played a lot of Fortnite, but we we've started trying overwatch and we find it really hard it's really overwhelming and really that's that's my main kind of clue there as well it's like try all the characters learn what they do and then by learning what they do you'll no longer be overwhelmed by the possibilities of the other team because actually Mm -hmm. six of those things gives them quite a limited palette Mm -hmm. um to play with and that's also why i just love overwatch um it can be a very overwhelming thing to watch i think like if you watch like the overwatch league if that's your introduction to Overwatch, you're watching Mm -hmm. and what is all this color and noise and like like playing it is the easiest way to learn i think there are simpler characters which i'm sure there's lists online but like i'd say like you know, soldiers, your most basic mm-hmm. shooter character. You've got people like Mercy who are important, but quite, you know, they have basic inputs to learn. Mm. Um, and Lucio is quite an easy one. I think and- because of the depth of the game, because obviously it has its lineage in, in MOBAs, it comes from kind of like the League of Leg- Legends school of thinking. And so I think if you know the idea that 
it's not just about the team synergy it's also about the counters to the enemy and because there are quite a few heroes in in overwatch now it is easy to think like i don't know who i should play as and i don't know what to do when i come up against every single hero that's there i think it's more about like as you say joe getting comfortable with characters that i generally find like just find someone you like the look of that Mm. kind of has a cool like image and you see i want to use that gun or that ability looks super cool start to learn how how you feel with that and then kind of like work from there and worry less about what the enemy team is doing and just think about like how i can help and the i think the categories are so broad in terms of logic like if you're a healer it kind of obviously makes sense what you do then it's about learning the quirks within that class so i think it is a lot more gentle it's just it's much more overwhelming when you look at it from broad rather than the individual components Mm -hmm. yep um and yeah, and I would say if you're a starter, just please don't pit Widowmaker because you will infuriate <laughs> everyone on your team. Yeah, uh, probably Hanzo as well. Or Ash. No, nah, just nah, don't Hanzo. pick a bloody sniper. No, nah, Ash is fine. Um, the, uh, the thing I would like to talk about that we didn't get to talk yes. about because it is too small a thing is one small detail that I love the idea of if it is what it sounds like it is, which is that they are writing musical themes for every character. Yeah. I love the idea that I'm going to like have the the like the motif of the characters i love like if arisa has a really cool like jingle that essentially follows her around there's something so it feels so overwatchy that that level of thinking of like we're not just building a a, you know like a design of a thing for a shooter we're designing a character um who comes with all the like trappings of like Mar- you know, everyone yeah. knows what if you like Marvel movies, everyone knows what Captain America's theme is, and like when you hear mm-hmm. it, it means something. Well, it's that and- thing, like you know, in uh, Infinity War when he catches the yes. spear, and you get the the yeah. But imagine kind of like Soldier seventy six having a theme, and then the moment you do something cool in the game, and the game obviously understands what cool moments are because it uses it for play of the game. Mm. It mm-hmm. kicking in the Soldier seventy six theme when but he does would, like a really cool that, headshot. That would be cool, like if the player of the game music now was just each character's oh, individual yeah. theme. That, that would, would be, be rad. amazing. Um, or it just played whenever you're alting. Yeah, and so that that to me is what marks Overwatch as a proper sequel, not just. Not just mm-hmm. the idea that there's more to it, but that there's like real thought into what players want out of this stuff. Like we've been begging for years about for like story and for character backstory and learning more about these people, and this feels like a way to just throw more and more of that in. Especially, you know, like they've said, hero missions, everyone will have contextual dialogue, and there might be like story that's given throughout that stuff, and like the fact that the story will take you to places that you've heard about before, like Torbjorn's Workshop, and, you know, things that won't matter too much to people coming in for the first time, but to the Overwatch 1 audience, like, that's really meaningful. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's I'm super excited for it, and I, I'm, su- I I'm maybe not surprised at the level of Stark about it, but I am I'm surprised at the, some of the more intelligent people I've seen, <laughs> or thoughtful people I've seen, who have a problem with it, because I, yeah. I, I really only see upsides right now. Yeah, I have... The only yeah, the criticism I do get at the moment is they've said it's like at least a year away really, like what is like it's already been pretty much a year of no real additions to Overwatch One. Are we just expecting another year of heroes and maps and everything on hold? Mm-hmm. Like is how apart from every couple of months uh, every couple of months having like some new skins to earn, like where is the progress of Overwatch 1? And I know they're probably full steam ahead on Overwatch 2, which is the main reason, but that's I've, I've seen some valid criticism. It's like you've kind of 
yeah, you say you're not leaving Overwatch 1 behind, but you kind of already are in a way. Uh, well, but, it's kind of on well, hiatus, I guess. Yeah. And if it's the difference between getting Overwatch 2 faster and uh, exactly. or not, like, I know which one I prefer. I, it's, there it's is not stopping me playing. There is a part of me that wonders, and I'm not sure that I totally believe this, but wonders if they will add uh, Soldier and the new hero to Overwatch 1 pre-Overwatch 2 given that she seems to have like a full finished move set um, yeah. that they're talking about. And Kaplan's already said there are more heroes coming with Overwatch 2. So yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me to see her pop up as almost like a a bridge moment mm-hmm. at some point. Where That'd it's be like, cool. Yeah, if there was like a prequel PV event like a couple of months before Overwatch 2 launched or something like mm. that, that would be... That would be nice. Um, you got to talk to Jeff, which is always, I'm sure, a pleasure. Yeah. Um, and he did, didn't he say that we can, well, he didn't say to expect, but there may be more frequent updates even as soon as March. Oh, as Overwatch in like 2. Overwatch 2 info updates. Yeah. yeah. So in terms of news about Overwatch 2, they were talking uh, about introducing more in March and April. They had, he didn't commit to that, but he said we want to be more frequent and we're, when we've had discussions about what we could say in the next two months. So I wouldn't expect to wait too much longer for more. Um, I also wouldn't expect to be given like huge glats of information again, but certainly I think we'll get a much more of a drip feed of info than we've had before, mm-hmm. which I am yeah. all up for. It is a very enjoyable, long interview, which I would implore you to read on IGN.com. Or watch. Did with Jeff. Or, or watch... A bit like half of, but you get the full thing if you read it. Um, if you, oh, that's actually, the only one sec. On. I want to give my favorite part of that interview that didn't make it in because it would have been wildly <laughs> yeah. uh, egotistical. But this is a podcast in which I get to speak about things, so enjoy my ego. Uh, there Do was it. when Jeff Kaplan visited the IGN UK offices a few years ago, uh, not only did he remember having done it, which I thought was a really nice thing. Um, <laughs> We, at the end of that, gave him a little fridge magnet of uh, what we called the boy, and he calls Punch Kid, um, who is... Is it Timmy or Tommy? What's his name? Tim- Timmy? I don't know his actual name. It's, I the, think it's, Timmy. it's the, the boy from the, the original Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. The boy from the original Overwatch animated feature, uh, and he's got a little cast on, and he's like doing a cool punch. Um, and we gave him a fridge magnet of that, because we joke- jokingly put that spray up all over the place in that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, he still got it. It's got it up in his washing machine in his uh, in his kitchen, and his dogs sleep next to it. And he told me it was. He always remembers coming to IGN UK every time he goes to see his dogs. I'm like, that's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, what a lovely, lovely man. That is a lovely story. He is a lovely man, and I wish him all the best with the game. Uh, <laughs> please come back to us, Jeff. Uh, Jeff wasn't the only person from Blizzard that we spoke to mm-hmm. though over BlizzCon. Matt, I believe you have some Diablo related stuff yeah to tell us. i spoke to uh, to joe and karina from the diablo 4 team um who gave me a, a bit of a in-depth look at so one of the things that they announced at, at blizz blizzcon line uh, is uh huh, is is the fact that diablo is open world now yeah that was um, a great noise yeah <laughs> it's just a horrible name like you know just when BlizzCon, Brack, it, call it BlizzCon. when brack is talking about it in that opening ceremony and you occasionally refer mm. to it as blizzcon line and it's quite clear that everyone's had to go through a training period yeah. to learn how to refer to the event they've done um but yeah so um diablo 4 is now um they've transitioned to an open world format which if if you've played Cardi, you've played plenty of Diablo three, haven't you? You were... I've played quite a bit of Diablo three. Yeah. I haven't played any of the first two though. Sure, yeah. Well, 
Diablo 3 is kind of structured like the first two are anyway in that they're not really it's not an open world by anyway you just get like chunks of the world that you play mm-hmm. as like a level right and then you teleport between different areas well they've kind of scrapped that and they've gone almost the world of warcraft way in that kind of like they've taken a huge chunk of the overall world map of sanctuary which has always been kind of available in like lore i guess kind of like on the wikis and stuff and they've built it as an open world and i think that sounds really cool because mm-hmm. i do like diablo a lot but i tend to only play them through kind of once and i think a big part of that is that they don't really feel like narrative games they're kind of very much like you have giant fields that tend to be full of demons and then you have a good time rapidly clicking on things until they explode and die then i sort of forget about it Mm -hmm. and then kind of like an expansion pack will come out and go oh i actually really quite like diablo and i'll go off and play that um whereas this time round, they're like an interesting thing that joe pointed out when he was talking about what he's designed his his philosophy around the design is that historically sanctuary's not really been there for for any storytelling purposes it's just there as it, it's the thing that ferries the action it has mm. to be there because of otherwise the game can't exist whereas this time around while the lore has always existed the kind of like i think the lore feels a bit more impactful to the game now so when you go to places you are literally on the back of a horse approaching a giant kind of like encampment that has been overtaken by kind of demons and when you clear it out that encampment then becomes kind of like all of the npcs will come back to it now that you've saved their home but it then also becomes a public section so other players can visit you there and so you get this kind of feeling that you had an impact on the world you came from the wilderness you you destroyed all these demons and now this place can be resettled and you learn about there's lots of different cultures that happen they talk about how kind of like all the loot that you pick up will be different depending on what area of the open world you're in because of the different cultures that are there so you go from kind of it's got that classic if you're in the north it's sort of a bit norsey like all the weapons (laughs) are kind of big like big broadswords and stuff and then if you go to like the deserts it's a bit more kind of arabian sort of looking with scimitars and and kind Mm -hmm. of like those those styles so it does sound like it's obviously still got that fantasy cliche that's or gothy which is what diablo is about but i like the fact that it will feel much more like a world and there are people in it and it's got this kind of thing where you might be going down the road and there's a a a merchant that's been kind of killed on the road and it turns out it's an ambush and they were mentioning a few sort of things like that that almost sounded a bit like you know how in red dead redemption you just come across things in the wilderness that's Mm. interesting i'm like these aren't things that sound like classic diablo at all but the gameplay loop will still be Diablo, so it's not turned into an RPG in the way that, you know, kind of like a Baldur's Gate is or modern Assassin's Creed is. But it's got enough going on that it suddenly feels like the place is actually a world rather mm. than just a bunch of levels that you kill hundreds of monsters in. Does I think, that mean you think we can expect like it to be a one like bigger, longer playthrough rather than because Diablo that. That was what surprised me about Diablo 3 is it's not particularly lo- a particularly long game. No, it's based on replays, it is isn't be, it? Yeah, it's meant to be replayed. Do you think this one is more based on maybe a longer playthrough and less replayability? It could be, because kind of like... they. So it's the entirety of Eastern Sanctuary, which if you look at the map is quite a chunk of, of the world that has been established in the previous games. And having all of that stuff come in between means that naturally the whole game can't just be about fighting there has to be a little bit more of that traversal and they say that 
there'll be things where you might find routes that you can kick a rope down a cliff which means that suddenly you've unlocked a shortcut so you can go back and forth between places a bit quicker so that combined with the fact that there are what sounds like more classically styled side quests than just pure dungeon delving like you find a potion guy on the side of the road and he wants you to do something or there's one of the examples they gave was that there's a cavern in the mountains that people have gone into and never been seen again kind of like you can see where that's diablo in that it's probably a dungeon in there but it sounds a bit more like there's an rpg questy side to it rather than just i found a hole in the ground and i went down into a procedurally generated dungeon and killed my way to the bottom of it yeah so yeah like the piece i wrote on the back of it was it makes sanctuary sound like a place worth saving which i think kind of sums up my feelings on the whole thing i'd like a that as a non-diablo person that piece made me way more interested in diablo so if you are a non-diablo person go and read it because if this hasn't already helped with that i think diablo has always been something i'm interested in the idea of but like fundamentally the act of just is basically the walking kind of left to right and clicking on stuff has never Mm -hmm. been enough to get me into it and so the idea that i think you give a really nice example in there of like it's not just a secret in this game isn't just going to lead to another chest to find. A secret's going to lead you to something to see or learn mm-hmm. about. And I think that's really cool. Another thing that I'm interested in, and this kind of ties into what you said, Cardi, um, uh, Ryan McCaffrey spoke to, uh, spoke to, I think Joe as well. Um, and he's, he was specifically talking about the new rogue class. And he said like, like, uh, oblivion, there's like different guilds that you can mm-hmm. join as a rogue and those guilds will offer different abilities and you can only ever work for one at a time, which is like one of those cool RPG things that everyone likes. But then Ryan said like, will other classes have the same idea of like different specializations to go to? And he says, no, every class has their own thing. I think his words are every class has their own thing that other classes get to be jealous about. Mm-hmm. And I love that idea of like you play through a game as one class and then the reason to replay isn't just t- for slightly different things it's like i have an entirely different thrust of like what my character can do and where they can go and what reasons they have for going there uh by playing a different different class and i think that sounds great it's it sounds kind of similar to what the promise of cyberpunk's different yeah. specializations were without <laughs> ever actually doing <laughs> much with them so one of the things that um so i also spoke to karina who's the animation lead on diablo and one of the things that she's been doing is she wants each like class to feel distinctly different so i was i was asking her kind of like if you watch the panel you can see the rogue jumping across a chasm because obviously traversal is a big thing now i was like is it only the rogue that can do that jump or is everybody she was like no everybody can do it but everybody will have their own way of doing it so Yes, the rogue is the smallest and, and most like dexterity-based of the classes. So, of course, she can hurl herself over. But you might find that the, the druid, which is a fairly massive kind of almost bear of a man, will have a very, very different way of tackling that. So the whole idea is, is to try and make the, the world feel quite different depending on what character you play, which when quite a lot of RPGs are now done from the first-person perspective, like with Cyberpunk, it is very difficult to feel like you're different as a nomad than you are from a corpo but i kind of hope that the fact that it's a third person isometric that is putting distinct effort into making the look and feel of the way that you work your way around that as say as you say joe there's multiple reasons to want to play as someone else and do another playthrough 
yeah, it should be. Yeah, I'm. I'm. It's still, you know, it's still not my game, mm-hmm. but I'm so much more interested in it than I was. Um, I'm. I'm ready to see more. I'm also, that, forward. that camp stuff Got sounds good as well. Like where it's like outposts you take over, but then actually become real places, mm-hmm. like actual villages and stuff like that. And I know we've seen versions of that in other games, but there's something to like the scale of it that sounds very interesting here as well. Anyway, yeah. sorry I interrupted. I'm lo- I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to them going back to that darker tone. You're well, going to collect all your ears, that. Cardi. That's the thing. <laughs> oh like, god, that I'm sell so many ears. Yeah, that trailer is, uh, which obviously also wasn't full CG, so suggests that there might be some kind of interesting in-game like elaborate cutscenes in it mm. but I, they're going full in on the goth aren't they on this one which i do i do yeah. quite like i like it um do we know any indication of because traditionally diablo games have been pc first haven't they and then eventually mm. console do you think this time they're gonna go launch with console i think away? they will it's like diablo's a, sorry not diablo blizzard are a different company these days like they mm-hmm. yeah i think there'll always be a in inverted commas pc first company in the in the same way that allegedly with CD Projekt, they're kind of like a a PC first one where the PC version will never feel like it's just the console version running with a mouse and keyboard. So I think there will always be a feeling that the PC version was handled with like utmost and foremost care from Blizzard. But yeah, I think in in a post Overwatch world and how well Diablo three works on console, I don't. I think it'll be a simultaneous launch. I hope so. Looking forward to it. Again, don't expect that one anytime soon, but hopefully we keep hearing more about it. Something that is coming soon, though. Matt, you again, you've been talking to more people. I know. You're always talking to people. You should stop that. Uh, what people what told you they box? Don't... <laughs> I know. Oh, and now you're here talking. Oh, you might as well talk some more about Watch Dogs Legion's online mm-hmm. multiplayer co-op mission stuff. <laughs> what can you tell us about that? What can I tell you about that? I mean, so it's been a while now, actually, since I've played, but I have actually played this. It's not just talking, but playing as well. Oh, God. But, um, yeah, Watch Dogs on March 9th, which isn't too far away, is getting a mm-hmm. free update with a bunch of uh, like online co-op-y stuff in it. It's not everything. They're doing it in kind of like a multi-stage rollout. Um, but I think it's like the most substantial stuff comes first, which is basically a bunch of four-player co-op stuff split into what I guess would you kindly call kind of like the the casual side and the more like sort of GTA heists, Destiny raid grade stuff. Yeah. Um, like how big are we talking for these? You know, you've used the word raid, which I think a lot of people mm-hmm. use for anything that's more than a 20 minute mission these days. <laughs> yeah. But how big do you think these missions actually so are? So they they come as chains. They're, they're, rather than like a raid in Destiny or kind of like, you know, a heist. Well, I guess the heists are made up of multiple missions, aren't they, in, in mm-hmm. GTA? So it's closer yeah. to that. They're done as a set of five that all link together to tell one kind of story. And they are... Certainly the bits that I haven't actually been able to do a full one of these. I've only played the first mission, but it was pretty challenging. I wouldn't have said it was super long. Like I'd say it was about 25 minutes, but if they're all 25 minutes each, string those together, you've got quite a chunky kind of challenge. But the interesting thing about that is the casual ones are all based around like four people come together and basically do a main mission from GTS, from uh, Watch Dogs. And I don't mean that as in an actual main mission from the game. It is stylistically very similar. Those missions, they're just scaled up to take four players. 
whereas the the tac ops which is what they call their challenging ones are they basically do this thing where they split you up a lot which again is something i think that the gta heists definitely do but from the very start of tac ops it was a case of there's four of you two of you have to go to this side of london two of you have to go to the other side and you have to start a hack simultaneously but while okay. you're both doing that, you're both being assaulted by waves and waves of Albion while you're trying to get this hack of up course. and running. So that's interesting, because that's one of the things I was going to ask, is how much do they actually lean in it to, to it being co-op and working together? Because a lot of these sort of games can be like, you're playing four-player, but you're all kind of all doing mm-hmm. things that don't really matter to like how much actual teamwork is involved. Yeah, I'll absolutely give them credit on this, that there is they are, it is a, a teamwork-based mode. Mm-hmm. There is... The, the more casual kind of ones that are in the standard kind of playlist and they do sort of fit together to tell a rough story but not quite in the the tac ops one is obviously designed as a like a little narrative storyline whereas the other ones are like you can play them in the order that the playlist gives you or you can just kind of pick and choose but they do they're less demanding of you but there is still very much a kind of you should be working together and you can see where the objectives are sort of asking you to maybe split up a bit. So, for example, one of them is, you know, kind of like the the big construction yards that are in that game. They tend to kind of yeah. be buried into the ground, right? So there's almost three layers to it. There'll be kind of three different areas that it expects you to hack. And then when you do those three hacks, it will open a door that uh, an imprisoned NPC is behind and then you've got to extract them. So you can already see there that like you'll get it done quicker if you split up and all hack one of those points each. And then there's that idea of, well, if you don't want to do them like that, maybe one person should be flying a drone over to to watch out for where the enemies are patrolling and tell people who are hacking, oh, someone's going to be, you know, in your vicinity in 10 seconds time, so get ready. And then one person ready to extract the hostage, so so it's quick. So it's got a lot of that. There's a lot of, you'll come out of an area and it will put you to go to the next objective, but there'll be like four motorbikes waiting for you. So there's very okay, much that's that. That's quite, that's very GTA, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm intrigued by it, but I think like we were all in a similar boat with Watch Dogs Legion. It's like, there's things to like, but we were, I think we were all ultimately a little bit disappointed yeah. by the actual and, full outcome. Like, is there enough that you've played and seen to say to us, we should go and play this, it's exciting? So... I do want to play it because Mm -hmm. this comes down to I quite like GTA and it's it's GTA but co-op in the same way that like I like to do in the heists. What I will say is that the things that excite me about Watch Dogs Legions, which is the stuff that it didn't do in its main campaign, is that it built what I think is one of the best innovations in video games of the last kind of decade. And it's less so the players anyone, but it's the sensor system that runs it. It's the fact that you go here and you meet this person and the moment you meet them and sort of add them to the game, it plans out, these are all their relationships with all of these people in the city and it plans out their day and if they're being, you know, you know, extorted by someone that they know, they'll always meet them at seven and it's the way that that can impact the game. That basically isn't in co-op at all. The players anyone system is there, but it's massively streamlined. Like you don't have to do any of the busy work. You just go up to someone and go, I'm going to recruit you as long as I've got oh, okay. the the kind of points required to recruit them in. And so that creates, you know, kind of like a new team. You can't use your existing team. So all of those bonds that you built up with anybody in the main game don't come across. Well, I to... thought you could bring your squad in. Nah, nah. Well, that's a... not great. Yeah. So, so kind of like 
these things that are about kind of making a group that you feel attached to isn't there and so what you're not going to get is which i thought it would do is you know how like your operatives could get kidnapped if you were you know you yeah. pissed off enough people and i thought that'd be really cool if we're, we're driving around london and suddenly cardi your operative gets kidnapped why and am then, i kidnapped well no but it might not be it might not be you specifically but it's one of yeah. your thing and then like me you and joe get in a in a van and we're bombing it down down to camden and we're gonna you know lift him out <laughs> from under listening to three lions <laughs> exactly. oh so i still get to play as another character i thought yeah. you were saying i then have to just sit in no, jail no. for 20 minutes while you get me out i i was playing sea of thieves the other day and i've never been put in the brig in sea of thieves before and i didn't realize what a shitty experience that mm-hmm. is if people put you in the brig what what is that? Uh, you can if you're a dickhead, basically your crew yeah. can unanimously vote to put you in the brig, oh, and you just no. sit in the bottom of the ship. And if the ship's getting shot, you're just gonna drown in there. <laughs> it's really. Bad. I've had it where I've like been that. put in the brig, and people would just like vomit in buckets and hurl the buckets yeah. into the brig. Oh, I got man. put in the brig because I kept uh, picking up gunpowder barrels, lighting the fuse, and saying, "Hey, hey, hey! I think something's gone wrong. I've glitched," and then exploding. Um, and my uh, fellow uh, crewmates yeah. did not enjoy yeah, that. It sounds like. Sounds like there's some fun stuff coming to watch those Legion. It it's, doesn't sound like, you know, if you didn't already buy it, buy mm-hmm. it now for this sort yeah. of stuff. It's but. it's like a whistle top store. Like I think it's one of those ones where once you've done those missions, I don't it's it's not got anything that's gonna randomise those missions or anything like that. So once you've done them, you've done them. But mm-hmm. I think they're nicely designed, like they do encourage you to to try things out and obviously with more people you can kind of exploit the overlapping systems a little bit more. You can use kind of multiple different types of drones and stuff. But I think ultimately the secret weapon of Watchdogs is those weird systems that un- that run underneath and they weren't used in the campaign and it's obviously more even difficult to try and get them to work in multiplayer. So they just, I don't think they're going to have a massive impact and I think play as anyone is just going to be when you die, you just respawn as a different operative yeah. And so, like, they might as well all be the same, which is a big problem of the game anyway. They add might as well all be the same. Yeah, it sounds like some, yeah, taking with one hand and giving some yeah. tools off of the other very much. But maybe, you know, I'm still kind of interested, but we'll see. Uh, there's also Overwatch and Warzone to play on there, so we'll mm. see. We'll see how far I get. Um, but for now, why don't we play The Endless Search? Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you inside. I got a question for you. Is it in the search? We've got another emailed in game from Dave Wood. He says, All right, lads. Are we all right? Yeah. yeah. Can I call him DW? <laughs> if you really like, uh, from what? From Arthur? Arthur. Uh, yeah, I was, yeah, maybe D-dubs. D-dubs, okay. All right, D-dubs. D-dubs says, thanks for managing to keep up the podcast during lockdown. I'm sure there are many people out there who generally helps get through this difficult time, gives us all something to look forward to, and informs us of what day of the week it is. That is, uh, (laughs) that's actually probably the most useful part is, if you see it, it's probably Friday. Um, Yeah, baby. Dave, or D-Dub, sorry, suggestion yes, for the Endless Search is is what he calls the IMDB game, which, you know, it's exactly what it says on the tin. It's not a keyword-based game, though. That is that is key. Yeah, here. we can't do that. Um, I'm going to call it 
top fours, and that'll all become very apparent soon. Okay. Uh, says to play this game, he gives the player a choice of three actors. I'm doing this a little bit different, which I'll explain in a second. Um, they pick one, and then they name the top four films they are most known for on IMDb. So you know when you click on an actor's IMDb page, it yeah. says below them known for, and then four films. And, and the they funny done thing by is, IMDb score. I don't think they are. I don't actually know the actual That's uh, thought interesting. for how. Um, and well, D Dubs goes on and says the player receives one point for each correct answer, so you can guess up to four, and you get one point for each of those four you get right. This is then repeated. We're going to do. You're going to have five actors each to do, um, and the game. D-Dub says can throw in some real curveballs as the majority of actors are most known for films are absolute bullshit when I play them with friends <laughs> and getting four out of four is absolutely elusive basically so um, good luck with this guys the way I'm doing it is I've picked ten actors and actresses um, they're going to be numbered one to ten you take turns at picking a number and that is the actor or actress you're going to oh. have to do the top four of so we won't know who we're getting in advance you won't know who you're picking yeah uh it's going to be random numbers there's 10 of them five each um i haven't thought about who's going to go first but uh alphabetically it's joe so yes, so we'll go. yes. So joe, basically you're going to pick between numbers one to ten and then i want you to name the four films that these people okay are most known for on imdb um eight the eight that means your your first actor dun 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 is Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, that's hard. Oh, the four most known films of Samuel L. Jackson. What, and when we you are, say these most are ten known, of these. I'm con- it's not most known, is it? It just says known for. That's what yeah, it yeah, says. Yeah, yeah, like, okay. sometimes they're... If I listed four of these films, I don't think they're the first four that are coming to my head. Let's four films what he's been in. I'm going to say yeah. uh, Pulp Fiction. Okay. Am I just naming... You're not telling me as I go. Okay, okay, sorry, yeah. That is a point. You've okay. got one point there. Yes. If you're saying curveball, I'm going... Not all of them have curveball. I know, I know, I know. I'm going to go Black Snake Moan. That's not there, Because no. ah, that's like a prop. Got... There's not many, like, proper Samuel L. Jackson starring roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shaft? It's not there. Shaft isn't in it. It's got a character <laughs> called Peoples Hernandez. <laughs> His name is Peoples because he likes his people. You've got one more and three more possibilities out there. Do I go? Do I go mainstream? I'm gonna do it, Captain Marvel. No, Bollocks. sorry, you know. So you get one point for Pulp Fiction. The others were The Hateful Eight, yeah. Snakes on a Plane, yeah. And oh, Jackie Brown, yeah. Jackie I Brown for- would have been an outside. Honestly, act. yeah, I kind of forget he's in Jackie Brown. So I got you, one. You got one point. That. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes getting one on these will be good. Hopefully, is, okay. is a good shout. I should have gone for that. Really. Yeah, he is. He is the lead in that one, I suppose. Uh, but I would have definitely gone for some of, one of the Avengers or something. Mm. Uh, okay. Any number but eight between one and ten, Matt. I'll go for three. You have got Jennifer Lawrence. Hey. Ooh. Um. Right. I'm gonna go for the Hunger Games. <laughs> You've got the Hunger Games. That's one point. Yeah. Um, if American just... Hustle. You have got American Hustle. I was going to say, if it's just four fucking Hunger Games, I'm going to be well annoyed. Um, Winter's Bone. No. 
good. The film, Oscar. It's what what got the Oscar <laughs> on. Um, Matt just did a very. A few, she's got a few. <laughs> Matt just did a very odd hand signal for the yeah. for the Oscar. He did it like a like a chef who was happy with his yeah. with his meal. Like, yeah, the pinch thing. What's that? Movement. It's an Italian hand gesture. That's like yeah, yeah, ang- yeah. yeah I don't know. It's just a gesture, isn't it? Yeah. You've got two. You've got one more guess. Um, what? What? Is it going to be X Men: Days of Future Past? It's X Men First Class. Oh, I'm so the sorry. good one. I'm so yeah. sorry. But so many people yeah. like the bad one. Uh, <laughs> you get two points though, so you could have First Class, and you also could have had Silver Linings Playbook, which you oh, did with yeah. the Oscar. Yeah. yeah. But so. did that, did that have another name as well? Silver Linings Playbook. Didn't it, they give it? It a just gets name? referred to as Silver Linings. Like everybody That's drops the playbook. Is. Yeah, because no one knows yeah. what a playbook is. <laughs> What's that? A Shakespeare thing, is it? <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, okay, Joe, it's your turn. It's two one to Matt. Uh, number one. Any number one. Matt Damon. Yeah, easy. Uh, <laughs> the Martian. Yes, number, you've got the Martian. One point. Uh, GWH, Goodwill Hunting. You've got that. Two, two out of two so far. The Born Identity. No, unlucky. The Born Ultimatum. <laughs> No, sorry, what? there are no Bourne films. Zero Bournes! The other two you could have had were The Departed oh, fuck and off. Talented Mr. Ripley. Yeah, oh, absolute uh, banger, that film. Yeah, I but two. Po- I'm saying, if you're getting two out of four on these, you're doing well. Hey, Tommy. You're doing well. How's the uh, three, three, two. <laughs> <laughs> One of the all-time Philip Seymour Hoffman lines. <laughs> oh, God, he's good. Or was. Sad times. Uh, your second one, Matt. Uh, one, three, and eight have been taken. So. Five. Keanu Reeves. Ooh. Well, that seems easier. Some of them might be narrower than others, yeah. but some no, this could, you. I, mm-hmm. I like this this selection process. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go the Matrix. You've got the Matrix. Yeah. You'd hope that would be. Yeah, it. and John Wick. No, no, John Wick. <laughs> that's that's Ooh. big. I just thought like John Wick is getting a lot of traction these days. You know, it would have been up there. <laughs> he's big. He's big these days. Big John for Wick. Wick. Um, <laughs> big Wick for Wick. Um, good luck. <laughs> is Bill and Ted the first one? No, no, no. Bill and Ted. No. <laughs> oh, curveballs! If one of D Dobbs curveballs. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put this out there. Matt, use it if you want. If the lake house is in here, I'll go mental. <laughs> <laughs> Fight, let, let's do it. The lake house. It's not there. Why have you gone with that? Yeah, what? Well, <laughs> point break, mate. Uh, is it yeah, point break? You've got one point. You could have a point break, yes. speed, and the Matrix Reloaded. Is oh, oh the come Matrix on. Reloaded. <laughs> That's one point to Matt. Three all after two each. It's that- a good time. That game. wasn't an intentional is... misdirect for the lake house. I really didn't think you'd go for it. <laughs> uh, if there uh, wasn't any Bill and Ted or John Wick on there, it could yeah, have been fair. fucking anything. Uh, there we go. Uh, what was that, good game what was that hard it. candy one he did? Was it Knock Knock? Uh, the one with Anna Darmas. And... Where I think it was like two ladies come to his house and then yeah, beat him up or something. Yeah. Uh, weird film. Mm. Uh Two. That's so. That's two actors each. You've done. So you've got three more each. Uh, Joe, ten. You've got 
10, you've got Mr. Thomas Cruise. Oh, that's... This is horrible. (sighs) Mission Impossible. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, there's too many of them. That's really the problem. There's a lot. There is a lot of them. I'm just going to ignore them. Um... What is it? It's not called Jackie Brown. What's, what's the one where it's just a name? <laughs> what's the one with the name? Tom Cruise is Riley O. Jones. What's it called? <laughs> you think that you're thinking of the one that's based on the Lee Child books, aren't you? Jerry Lawler. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire is there. Yes. He's got one. I wouldn't have let that gone on if it wasn't. <laughs> Jerry, Jerry Lawler. You've got... Um, that's one point, two more guesses. Mm-hmm. Cocktail? No. Top Gun? Top Gun is there. Yeah, okay. There you go. I'll take two. That's another good two points. The other two were The Last Samurai. Oh. F- <laughs> and Minority Report. Yeah. Which is it's a good film. But yeah, no Mission Impossibles. A uh, lot of films that could have been there. Uh, Edge of Tomorrow is very popular. Don't know if you knew that. <laughs> Live, die, repeat, please. Oh, sorry, sorry. Five three to Joe, but uh, Matt does have one in hand. Uh, so you've got two, four, six, seven, or nine to pick from. Four. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, I had a feel. I, I had a feeling that this one was going to be on here. Um, <laughs> Lost in Translation. That's one point. The Avengers. Is there? Avengers Assemble. I'm taking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> American title, mate. Original. Yeah. It's um, 2 out of 2 for Scarlet. Mm-hmm. As a, like, a curveball, is it going to be something like, it's like Ghost in the Shell on there? It is not. No. Sorry. So sorry. One, one more, one more guess for Scarlet. I'm trying to figure out if it's going to be something that's going to be good or something that's just going to like people are going to have looked at. Lucy. No, no. I'm sorry. Um, the the other you got you got two of the bigger ones. The other two were her mm-hmm. and Ghost World, which you maybe wouldn't uh, expect. Yeah. But both good, both very good films. I was thinking only this morning that uh, I've decided one of my favourite multimedia subgenres is. <laughs> horrible urban story about an alien killing people in a city um and under the skin is a movie i like in that genre featuring scarlett johansson uh there's a music video by the band liars called number one against the rush which has exactly the same concept it's grim as fuck i it's a good song as well you should watch it and also i was listening to the no sleep podcast and they had a story called the 25 nights of nora some nightwalker um, which mm. is basically the same thing again. So if you want to impress me, put a horrible alien in a city. That's what I'm saying. There we go. Uh, there we go. Just a Big side of Men in Black is You like Men in Black as well? There's a bit of that in there. It's not that horrible, but yes, I agree. Men in Black is an all-timer. <laughs> Big fan of Predator 2, are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Guess. We'll, we'll move on. Uh, so, five all it is, with two actors left each. You've got two, six, seven, and nine. Nine, Joe. Margot Robbie. Oh, okay. I'm going to go 
Wolf of, Wolf of Wall Street. You've got a point. And take a risk on Suicide Squad. That is there. Yes. Um. I think this would be harsh on Margot Robbie, but it is something that gets talked about a lot. The Big Short. It isn't there. But I see where that's you're going. Like a cameo that people always talk yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, and. I'm just going to say Birds of Prey. It's there? Yes! Three part. That might be our first... Is that our first three-pointer? I think that's the first... Might be. Yeah, the other one you could have had, which is an absolute banger of a film, which I thought you were going to say, is I, Tonya. Say oh, I, yes! I, Tonya's brilliant. Uh, uh, three I, points, though. That is a good eight to five lead at this I, stage. I nearly said ready or not, and then remembered it's that actress who looks exactly <laughs> like Margot Robbie in it. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, we... Samara Weaver? Is that it? Yeah. They should have a film where... Sound, um, sound very similar to that. They should have a film where her and Logan Marshall Green fight Tom Hardy and Margot Robbie because they're two <laughs> complete doppelganger people. Right. 8-5. That's a three-point lead. But Matt does have two left. Joni has one. So here we go. You've got two, six, or seven to choose from. We'll go seven. Mr. Harrison Ford. Oh, Ooh. Mama. Okay. Empire Strikes Back. I'm sorry, Matt. Empire Strikes Back's not there. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark? It is there. You've got one. Hey. Any point's a good point at this stage. Yeah, Any points I know. I know. <laughs> I thought you know. I know, okay. Two more Ford films. This is one of these where, like, is it going to be a Margot Robbie where, like, all of the... They're just all Indiana fucking Jones films, or is there going to be something else on there? I mean, I can't really tell you that, can I? No, I know. I'm going to... Well, sorry, I've... Oh, carry carry on, you're actually... No, carry on, Joe. I was going to say, I've already forgotten what the second one you said was. uh, Raiders. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... Is the Last Crusade on there? It is not. I'm sorry. Oh, that's harsh. Okay, the last one then. Blade Runner is my last answer. It's not there. No, no Blade Runner. <laughs> is the Fugitive on it? The Fugitive is. Oh. Yeah. I didn't no. kill my wife. It's good. The shit. other ones. So you know he has a lot of good films, but yeah, I'm sorry. There's no Star Wars, no Blade Runner. You've got Raiders of the Lost Ark, The Fugitive, Witness, and Air Force One. So Air Force One was the other one I got, but I just think like who's talking about Air Force One? Yeah, like, do, Blade Runner. Also, <laughs> do people, people talk about Gary Oldman in that? Do people like like Witness? Because I always yeah. thought Witness looked quite stupid. I only nah, ever watched mate, it on a get plane. On Witness. Fugitive though, that is that is great. Fugitive's uh, amazing. I don't care. It's really good. <laughs> uh, so that's eight to six to Joe with one left each. Joe, you've got the choice of number two or number six. Go for number six. Emma Stone. Okay. La La Land. That is one. I'm going to say easy A. That is there for yes! the second one. Uh, I'm going well off piece now. Big Eyes. all four to tie. <laughs> uh, big Eyes is not. Oh. 
Is she actually in Big Eyes, or is that a joke by is Tina that... Fey at her expense that I she know, has Big I know Eyes? Amy, I know Amy Adams, is it? Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I think it might be. <laughs> if you've never watched Tina Fey and uh, uh, Amy Poehler's Golden Globes monologues, there's a very good joke at Emma Stone's uh, appearance, because she's got big <laughs> eyes. Um, is this for the win to seal it out if you can get This is a sealing point. Yeah, there's two films here, and you have to guess one of them. The pressure's got to me. I can't think of any other Emma Stone vehicles. <laughs> vehicles. <laughs> oh. What I will say, you know, good luck to Matt on the last one if you can get all four. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it's doable, but, you know, it's not an easy one. It's going to be someone even... I barely know, isn't it? I can't even think uh, Emma Stone's in. You get... Say a film. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I'm going to say... Nine and a half weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that is not one of them. No. Um, you've so the other ones you could have had were Birdman. That's a film that she's in. I remember yeah. that. Or The Help, which was very popular despite not being very good. Yeah. Uh, but that is ten points to Joe. So that's a ten-six lead. So I can reveal to you, Matt, that you need to get all four of the films on IMDb that. Ben Affleck is most oh, known fuck. for. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> uh, Fargo? Sorry, not Fargo. Fucking Argo. That's, yeah. I'll let you off. Yeah. Argo. Yeah. Okay. I, I, for a moment there, I was thinking, what's he done? <laughs> <laughs> is Argo on there? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. You've, got, you've got Argo. That's okay. one point. Gone Girl? That is number two. He's got two out of two. Two oh. more. Um... Uh, the town number three he's got three. <laughs> I'm rooting for you now <laughs> there's one more mm. oh. I've got a guess as well what, what, what a final round 10-9 can he draw it I don't know what happened it's just a good draw if it's a draw I'm terrified now that it's going to be a like the last one's a shit pick I don't know, Carty. I don't know. <laughs> there's only, I've got to this point now, a bit like Joe, where there's one film, there's one Affleck film here, and it's like, pick me. I'm like, it's not going to be you. You shit. No one likes you. <laughs> oh, what's a good Affleck film? I think Joe said he had one. I'm I've got a guess. I know what Joe, uh, Joe would think. I wouldn't have got. I, th- I don't think I would have got the rest, to be honest. So it's not like I, I wouldn't. Know I really for. like the town, but I wouldn't have expected it to be. No, there. neither would I. Okay, okay, after, okay, Is it dogma. An I'm sorry, Matt. No. I'm sorry. What was, what, was it? what was your guess? My Jake? guess was Goodwill Hunting. It was Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Uh, do you know what? That was a good game. That was a well played. Banging game. I really like uh, that game. Yeah. Uh, D Dobbs, thank you for the suggestion. I imagine we may well play that again in some form. Uh, but yeah, most enjoyable. Thank you. 10-9 victory to Joe. Thank you for playing. Read them emails! Read them and understand them! <gasps> Stop it. Oh, dear me. 
This first is one for you, Joe. Okay. I'm going to read it now. <laughs> it's from Toby. Hi, AG. Hi, Edgian crew. <laughs> Hope all is well. I just wanted to say that Stubbs, and I think he means Stubbs the zombie, clearly got a Stubbs fan here, is a game I've not thought of since I got it for the Xbox. Okay, maybe not. But when it showed up in the Direct, oh no, it's the thing I got most excited about because I wanted to replay it for a while. But it was too expensive to get a pre-owned copy, so I never thought I'd get this opportunity again. (laughs) Toby, you're into this. It's not the greatest game ever made, but I remember liking being able to make a zombie horde. The soundtrack is one of my favourites, and using your body parts as different weapons, like your head as a bowling ball, was a lot of fun. Anyway, sorry for a long email about a game that doesn't mean much, and I'm sure when replaying it I'll realise it's aged poorly, but wanted to show that there's maybe some slash one fan out there. Thank you all for making the last year more bearable, and respect the sea. Toby, I'm glad you got what you wanted. Yeah, that's Uh, three powers, that's in and out. We love it. Easy. Point quotation Uh, comment, baby, it's essay structure, let's go. Uh, yeah, it's nice to know someone had heard of Stubbs. I mean, you have. Do you have any history of Stubbs, Matt? No, not in the slightest. It sounds like a doctor. I just, <laughs> I just know that it's built do not on take a if you have a history of Stubbs. <laughs> yeah, my only thing you was used your head as a bowling ball in the last week. Uh, not that I remember. I mean, it sounds relatively fun, but I guess the the reattachment phase might be a problem. It would be. Yeah. It would be awful. Uh, I'm glad you're excited, Toby. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, Matt. Okay, got one from uh, from George Wilkinson. He says, "Hi, comrades. I've listened to you fellas for a few years now, but never wrote in. That ends today. Three questions have always plagued me since ever uh, since ever since I started playing Overwatch, Siege, and now Warzone. Thanks to your stellar recommendations." I must know the answer to the following three questions. Who is your favourite main in Overwatch? Who is your favourite or main in Siege? And what guns do you use in your Warzone loadout? I'm surprised that there's nothing about an unladen swallow here. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um, We we were, of course, the first and only people to ever recommend Overwatch Rainbow Six Siege and Call of Duty to the public. So it's nice to be recognised for that. We are trendsetters, we're underground pickers, we are (laughs) the people you need to come to for the smallest, most important games. <laughs> do those the, questions Well, quickly? shall I finish the... Shall I finish the oh, is there more to the email? I yeah, apologise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, slightly off topic, but thanks for giving me something to laugh at whilst I've been decorating my house. I started listening to you guys at the start of university years ago, and since then I've finished uni, got a job, and saved up enough money to buy my first house. Jesus. Sorry if that makes you feel old. I've also it makes fallen... me feel poor! <laughs> <laughs> I've also fallen off my stepladders from laughing numerous times while painting and listening to the podcast. Keep up the great work. Oh, if you haven't seen yet, those KFC Zynga flavoured crisps that just came out oh, yeah. are really damn good. What? Definitely give them a try if you like KFC and crisps. And we all know that you like you at least love the latter. I have heard expect K- to see. You haven't heard a thing about this? I haven't heard this. a thing about this. The, the Zynga really? burger is like one of my favourite things well, in the world. So... I may have had some KFC crisps at this very lunchtime today. Um, there's two varieties. You've got Walker's Max KFC, mm-hmm. which is just like a roast chicken flavour with a bit more herb and spice to them. They're quite nice. But yeah, it's the Zinger variety, the extra crunchy ones that really sing. Uh, they're the, uh, they're like, have you had the Walker's Max extra crunchy like hot chicken wings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
they're a lot like those, but with a bit of the like KFC f- flavor to them. Oh my god, mm. they are good, Joe. They are good. I'm excited. Where are, you, where are you getting those bad boys? Are they in a normal supermarket? I've seen them in Tesco. I've seen them. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not, around. They're not in my local they're Express. In... Oh, you have to order them in. <laughs> Shit! I might uh, actually yeah, go but... out and buy some after work. <laughs> <laughs> they are very good. Um, anyway, shall we answer these Overwatch. questions then? Right. Who is oh. your favourite or main in Overwatch? Can't mm. If I had to, well, there's a couple. Obviously, McCree. I love mm-hmm. McCree. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is my boy. I love to pop people with the headshot, stun them, and then use a dead eye. That is what I'm all about. And Diva. I just love using Diva. Uh, she's good for any occasion, any mm. map, attack or defense. Probably the most versatile character in the game. Love Diva. And then that's one attack, one tank, one healer. I've been very much getting into Anna recently. I never really played her for the first couple of years I played Overwatch, but the last year or so, I've played a lot of, a lot of her. Very fun. I'd say my main is Arisa, and my favourite mm. is Zarya. Ooh, like Zarya, I, I, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a all tank all the time, mostly, um, mostly, all the time, mostly. <laughs> um, and uh, but like, I don't think I'm as good at Zarya, but the system that she works within is so appealing, and when it works, it's just the coolest thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it so much. Then I'd say I don't think it's any surprise that my fa- my favorite and my main is Diva. Like she's got a fucking mech, hasn't she? Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, my other kind of like the one that kind of like tries to sideline her is Brigitte. I think Brigitte's mm. kit is really mm. cool. I think she's got a great character design. Um, like she's got cats as well that never come on the map, but the whole lore around her being a cat person, I'm very much like yeah. I, I used to hate Vine Frigia when she first appeared. Yeah, I'm glad she's. I, I used to love playing even. as her. Yeah, same. I had to. Yeah, I had to stop once she was nerfed because I wasn't actually good at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Frigia was just so good that you could be good with her even if you were shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And Siege, I tend to pest. You're an Ash, like, aren't you? It's le- I, yeah, I tend to just go for more the stats than the like the characters in Siege. Like the gadgets, not so much. It's more on attack. I like to have speed, and I like to be able to breach. So yeah, Ash. Or Hibana, I quite like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then on defense, I tend to more lock down. Or if I want to roam, I'll go with Bandit. But I tend to lock down and go like Rook, really, or someone like that. Blitz, Blitz, Blitz. <laughs> I fucking boy. love Blitz. Like, just because he can barely hit with his own pistol, and when you do get a hit after firing an entire clip at high speed, it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> and then, like, so my on a, on attack, it's always Thatcher. I just like absolute all round legend of a character. You love, you just love Thatcher. the name Thatcher and everything associated with Thatcher, don't you? Mmm, mm, and that's uh, that's an interesting <laughs> take, isn't it? Historically, <laughs> all the heart out of this community. <laughs> That's a woman. That's a fucking woman you're talking about. But on um, on defense, my favorite is well, I've got two. Like it's either Legion or Frost, both because they're both fucking hilarious. Like the moment <coughs> someone gets stuck in a frost trap is frost just is, brilliant. Yeah, Frost is so yeah. good. And and yeah, Legion Very was fun. always my defensive boy with his stupid <laughs> silence shotgun. It's so weird. <laughs> and then Warzone loadouts. I'm not going into the nerdy details and all the attachments, but I've got a very nice SPR sniper. I've got my growl, which I'm still sticking with. Was still very good a year ago. 
I, I still like the growl at medium and long difference distance, but this is recently I am struggling to win any close range fight, so I'm I'm in on the Mac ten meta big time. I've got my Mac ten oh, sorted in. out. I didn't play enough yeah. of it that year where the, the Mac ten was on the well the season it was on the battle pass, so I never got it. Uh but yeah, I've got my Mac ten and recently I've been trying to level up the Fafar or the FFAR, whatever you want to call it, because that's a good short to medium range assault rifle as well. I don't oh, care yeah. what I'm using as long as I've got the Joker on my back. That's all <laughs> I want. I want a big rocket launcher that fires directly up into the sky like it was made by idiots. It's brilliant. Especially when you fire the first time we found out you shouldn't fire one of those when you're riding a helicopter. Yes. So it will just blow up the helicopter you're it in. It is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> They're great. I love them. Mm. Is that I, it? Uh, what? Yeah. I've not yeah. played enough recently to say like I always like the ones with silly names though, and like generally that like Sheet Lightning was fucking great in whatever season Sheet <laughs> Lightning was in, but um I've got a fond thing for it, it is a variant of the Foul, but it was called Dirty Work, which just meant you got to sing <laughs> Steely Dan every time you picked it up. <laughs> Lovely. The new season just hits it down, and mm. you get to check out what uh, track packs are in there. So now you can. I recently got the eighties rock pack just at the end of last season, so you can. Uh, Fly the helicopter to Cherry Pie, which is always a good ease rock track to have. Keep, uh, keep that nice. shit to yourself. Yeah. No, if you're in the helicopter, you're listening to it. Mm. Um, last email here. Um, before, of course, we do our PlayStation State of Play reactions. Could Who knows what big form that's going to take? One. Oh, yeah. Who knows what form that's going to take, but get strapped in because let's. Who knows? Generally, don't know what they're talking about, so that's fun. Um, Third one here is from Alan Alcorn, who says, Hello, gents. Hello. L- Hi. Hello. Um, long-time listener, first time writing in, etc. Love listening to you all. You all do a great job, and I mean it. So is, is Alan saying that some people who write that in don't mean it? He's think? just thrown uh, George and Toby under the bus, because they didn't <laughs> say they meant it. So now yeah. they're under and suspicion. And D-dubs. D-dubs, yeah. he's under that bus yeah. as well. <laughs> Alan's big, under the bus. Alan's big day bus. <laughs> anyway, Alan says, I wanted to write in to talk about It's a Sin. Don't know if any of you have watched it, but you certainly should. I didn't give it much attention from the thumbnail I saw, but my wife suggested we watch it, and I'm glad she did. Not a long series of five episodes, but we thought they were amazing, and the last episode hit us hard. It was one of those times when it finishes and you just have to sit in silence and process it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Finally, I beg you all, respect the sea um i haven't watched it yet but i do mean to because everyone says it's very good if not hard work yeah um, alan, alan has articulated why i have not ra- got yet round to it yet because uh yeah the having to sit in silence to digest and process kind of tv is not what i'm looking for hmm. in this current moment but, but Matt, i i will you have watch it. you have watched it yeah yeah and i it didn't take me very i say it's only five episodes and i think i was watching a couple a night and then like yeah i think two two or three nights at most but it is it's one of those it is difficult but so it's it's russell t davis that wrote it so it's got that quite a lot of levity to it it is frequently very funny and but obviously it's for anybody that doesn't know it's about the aids crisis in the 1980s um and it's spread across quite a few years it's about roughly about three different people that kind of move from One's from like Wales, one's from the Isle of Wight. So they're coming from places that aren't very kind of hip and cool, moving to London, where obviously at the time kind of like there was a huge explosion kind of like, you know, the the gay scene becoming 
a lot more like as the the whatever the horrible laws were that they were called that were kind of like gradually sort of laxing up for people obviously it became sort of like a lot easier to to follow kind of like a gay lifestyle in london um but obviously with that came certain horrible things with the aids crisis so you're you're dealing with these lots of really cool things that happen to these people that you start to care about Mm -hmm. but because the whole show is about the aids crisis you know they're all fucking doomed yeah um and that's that's really difficult and the the last episode especially is is a real tough watch and exactly as alan says like i watched it and probably had to spend about a good 30 35 minutes sort of just staring at the wall just trying to figure (laughs) out how you go and a part of it was i don't know that much about the 1980s aids i don't know that much about aids i know a lot now like it's an education i can Mm -hmm. tell you that but yeah it's if you're looking for after anything sort of happy to get you through lockdown this is not it but if you want something that's genuinely very entertaining and also kind of quite educational if you don't know about it then uh, this is the one mm, i do plan to i've uh, yeah i'm in a big tv hole at the moment i've started the x-files for the first time i'm yes. three episodes in yes. uh enjoying it uh, was introduced to mr tombs yep. yesterday so what are the three so you've got pilot you've got tombs and then pilot. what's the third one the middle one is I can't remember what the name of it oh, is, sorry, but yeah, it's episode two. Um, they just it's it was wasn't a great one to most. It was they just go to like a military air base and there's an air, they're doing aircraft tests basically, mm. and he basically walks into there and they're keeping hostage, so she has to go and rescue him. There's not a lot to that one. It was fairly <laughs> dull to be honest, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed uh, Squeeze. With, oh, uh, you've got some team. stuff coming, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm so looking forward good. to I'm into it, into the vibe, and yeah, I just like how quickly those two are very likable and their interactions, like, just very good, mm. very good. Um, yeah, and I've also just finished series two of Lost for the first time, so I'm in on that as well. So I'm going to alternate between series of X Files and Lost to do my like catch up on things I should have seen. Uh, Mysteries yeah. abound. Um, you've watched. I, so I only found out stuff today, and you've already watched it, Joe. There's a new series from the people behind Dark on it's, Netflix. So it's the production team behind Dark, and that yeah. is worth pointing out, because if you go into Tribes of Europa thinking that it's going to be like Dark, uh, it's oh dear. really not. It's not. It is by no means bad, but it is <laughs> not the same thing. It's kind of okay. like... It's got a lot of Hunger Games, um, but a lot more hyper-violent than Hunger Games. Um, and it's more about like this, you know, Hunger Games has like the society element where it's like different broken up groups of people who do different things. It's mm-hmm. much more of that than the game element. Um, but it is the first truly piece of post-Brexit sci-fi I've seen. And for that alone, it's genuinely quite interesting. Like it leans so heavily into the idea, like a character literally says at one point, the European dream will never die. <laughs> Um, and it is about like tribes of people who've broken up in Europe and can't see a way back. Uh, and some people love it and some people don't. Um, but it's also just a silly sci-fi fantasy post-apocalyptic future thing that's quite good fun. Like you'll rip through it. It's also really interesting to see the guy that played Ulrich in um, uh, like mm-hmm. middle-aged Ulrich in Dark, who in that film, in that show is, you know, very serious and put upon and sad. Uh, in this, he plays like a sort of roguish scavenger with a crazy moustache and his habit is all, he smells everything. Like everywhere he goes, he has a sniff 
and it's really like weird. It. Um, and I, I like him a lot. He's very funny in it. Nice. Well, check that out if you're interested. Yeah. Uh, that's that's enough from us for now. Uh, as I said, a little bit of PlayStation chat coming up from a selection of us. Who knows who'll be there and who knows what we'll talk about. But uh, for now, goodbye and uh, enjoy a little bit of Overwatch music. Why not? <laughs> And we're back, but but not all of us are back. Me and Matt are back, and Joe has been substituted off, and coming in hot is Dale Driver. It's an upgrade, some might say. <laughs> not many people, mainly just me and my mum. But yeah, apart from that, <laughs> maybe your wife, maybe. Yeah, well, yeah, some days. You'd hope. You'd hope. <laughs> um, so that state of play wasn't maybe as exciting as we thought it might be. There's still a couple of nice things in there that we'll run through, but we're not, we're not going to spend long on it. Um, no Ruby breakfast juice announcement, though. That was a oh, shocker for me. Absolutely dreadful. Get, huh. get Tropicana uh, on the line. Exactly. Uh, Dale, you'll find out uh, when you listen to this. I love inside what, jokes. I want to be a part one. Good. Uh, let's start with probably the biggest thing, which was they finished a show with Final, fin- uh, fin- 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 Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm. Intergrade. Oh, they've gone uh, Kingdom Arts on the naming, haven't they? Uh, That's Nomura at work there. Um, which is the PS5 upgrade for Final Fantasy VII Remake, but with new things. The main bit of those new things being a new episode featuring Yuffie. Is that yeah. right? Yuffie. Or Yuffie. Yuffie. I've always um, called her Yuffie, but this I, is the as standard. As a kid, I was Yuffie, but yeah. then they say Yuffie, don't they? So I mm-hmm. think that's mm. what it is. Um, and this, crucially, it's been confirmed, is PS5 only, this extra yeah. episode. So if you have the PS4 version, you can't play this extra episode. And I think you have episode. to buy it. I get the impression yeah. it's a, it's a mm. DLC pack. In this. It reminds me a lot of how Final Fantasy XV had the, the episodes that focused on each of the main characters as DLC. Yeah. I think it's it just might, that. It might be one of those deals, yeah, if you're upgrading from PS4, you have to pay for the extra mm-hmm. stuff. But maybe if you just buy the PS5 version, it's on it. Yeah, I could see uh, that. Um, but briefly, I mean, we 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 all enjoyed Final Fantasy VII Remake last year. I think um, mm-hmm. as someone who was experiencing that story for the first time, a should I and B why should I care about Yuffie? I mean, she's one of the main characters in the game. It's just your both me and Dale as longtime fans of Final Fantasy VII are going to be seeing this in a new light because this is not. A, a part of Yuffie's story that we know from no. the original game. This is new material. You don't meet her until after Midgar in the original game. So this is obviously okay. what she was up to before you meet her. Um, so I guess there's a certain amount of intrigue there. Um, hmm. I'm sort really, of. It's not uh, what I needed, that, basically. No. But it looks like it might just be like an hour-long thing, like a little a few fights, and then that one boss battle they kind of showed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say she was um, she was obviously one of the main characters, but she was an optional character in the original yeah. as well. Like you, you could just not even meet her ever in the game, um, and I guess that's kind of at now she's like almost like an optional character this time, right? With DLC, but the only scene that thing that seems to cross over really is obviously her appearance and the fact that her, her whole thing is just the the acquisition of materia, right? That's what she's mm-hmm. big into. She's a thief, basically. Loves it. Yeah, she bloody yeah, loves yeah. materia. <clears throat> 
I mean, um, the the other guy was he from something else? So what I think that? that's Vice, who is from Dirge of Cerberus, which is okay. out of all of the compilation of Final Fantasy games, the worst one. Which is <laughs> a shame because it. it's, it's 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 Vincent's game, who's one of the coolest characters. And it's interesting because that game was Vincent and Yuffie together, so it was kind of like the two optional characters from Final Fantasy VII got their own game. But it was like a third-person shooter, and it was bollocks. So, I mean, hopefully it can redeem those characters, but also I just... My main worry about the series overall is I am excited to see a new take on Final Fantasy VII. I like that it's not exactly what you remembered. I'm worried what it might be is an exercise in a bunch of writers desperate to make those games they made relevant and it's like we're gonna force you to like them you're gonna like them eventually and it's like i'll give you the benefit but i am worried i found found the whole thing quite concerning really like this dlc is not what i wanted i know it's probably different teams and stuff but Mm -hmm. i kind of just want the the next part i want to see this game fully recreated like you know obviously they're going to take the story in different directions but i want to see that full vision not these odd little spin-offs and with silly names like Integrade and then yeah. there's the mobile game that they've announced as well. It's yeah, yeah a so bit concerning. They've announced that as well. And is as far as I can see, the mo well there's two mo- is it two mobile games that are announced. It's two mobile one of games, which yeah. one of which is another Final Fantasy Seven remake <laughs> in the yeah. art style of the new remake, but with the RPG like turn based battling of the original. It looks like so Basically, yeah, it's, this is Final Fantasy Ever, Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, which apparently is a nostalgic remake of the entire Final Fantasy compilation series. So that's Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children, Before Crisis, Crisis oh. Core, and Dirge Cerberus. So it is that's the full much. story. But that's the thing insane. is, is it's remade in what looks like a shot-for-shot kind of style of the original Final Fantasy VII. So it's that isometric top-down camera... It's kind of it has the slightly less like good looking characters on the overmap. They're almost more chibi mm-hmm. style. And when it goes into the battles, they become basically the same character models as are used in Final Fantasy VII Remake. But because it's on mobile, they don't quite look as shiny. Okay. And they it's obviously like a very heavily cut trailer, but it does look like they're lined up in the battle, as in like when you used to have them lined up right. in the turn based. So I think it's a turn based battle system. This it's seems it's weird. <laughs> yeah. And what is all of this? When do we have an idea of when that's coming out? Twenty twenty two, apparently, in episodic okay. form. Jesus. It's God. like, and I, then... I love you, Square, but what the fuck are you doing, guys? Mm. Like, just bring <laughs> it out on Switch and make it a full game. Yeah. Well, and that wasn't even probably the most. Like none of these are in the state of play. We have to say they announced them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Not even probably the most confusing one because then they also announced a Midgar set battle royale game set before the events of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. That looks like What's it's sort on? of the training ground for Soldier. Yeah. But that I have absolutely no interest in whatsoever. It looks rough as yeah. well, I thought. Mm. It, like, who's that for? Who's playing that game? The thing is, it's, it's like, mad. probably the like Japanese market. I think Maybe, it's a very yeah. different market. And you can see why. Like, the Final Fantasy Ever Crisis thing reminds me a lot of Final Fantasy Fifteen Pocket, which was kind of like the chibid scaled down version of Final Fantasy Fifteen, which sort of makes sense when you know because like obviously a lot of people in Japan play mobile games because they're in the city quite a lot and there's kind of like the the idea of like they enjoy 
that kind of portable thing, which is why the 3DS was such a huge success over there. Um, I can see why. I do hope it's a bit like Pocket, where they bring at least Ever Crisis to Switch and mm. PlayStation like six months later. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it's a case of Japan has a much bigger mobile gaming audience than we do, which is why these are coming out. But yeah. I have absolutely no interest in a Battle Royale set in Final Fantasy. I, I have no interest in, in the mobile ones, but like I said, the PS5 upgrade of Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming in June. I really enjoyed it when I played like, surprising how much I enjoyed it when I played it mm. last year, but I don't think I have much desire to go back and play it again. But if you didn't play it, I would heavily recommend it. How do you guys feel about the the upgrade the sneaky sort of upgrade fees for games because like, i noticed crush bandicoot is doing that i think tony hawk is doing that as well i, I thought you got him for free i didn't see this uh so yeah i don't know if i'm reading between lines that aren't there maybe but i assumed from the the, the language that they were using that both of these games were for a, they would always say things like for a small fee you can do this yeah. um I, I might be wrong but i think so i think shady. if they've come out like within the last year just give mm. us give us a free like Final Fantasy makes sense to me like you bought it last year on PlayStation 4 we know that it looked amazing but there were a few bad textures in there that could really benefit from oh, PlayStation yeah. 5 so you're gonna get the PlayStation 5 version for free the idea of me having bought something last year and they want a fee out of me to upgrade mm. like I get stuff that's like a two years back because it's probably a little bit more work and it's like digging the files out again but kind of like if it's something that's very recent in the memory. Yeah, it feels yeah. a bit dodgy. Anyway. Mm. Well, let's talk about some new games then. Uh, one of those, let's quickly go for this because it's already a long podcast, I tell you. Um, Kenna Bridge of Spirits has now got a release date for August. It's on PS4 and PS5, which I didn't know because I thought that was a PS5 only game because it looks absolutely stunning. Mm. Um, it's also PC, which I didn't realise. Mm. It's on the Epic Store. Um, mm-hmm. But that game yeah the more i see that game like that was one of the trailers that grabbed my attention when they at the ps5 reveal event and seeing more of it i'm still really in on that game it looks it just looks beautiful and it looks really fun as well and a lot more combat than i was expecting i thought it'd be more of a puzzle game it looks more horizony to me which Mm, that gets me because i really liked horizon and the idea of like a pixar-ish kind of version of, of yeah. that style oh, those little creatures are, are very good yeah yeah <laughs> i'm definitely into it i'll be picking that up yeah mm-hmm. i can't wait for that one um returnal is one I've, i feel like we've seen so many trailers of returnal now at this point um and despite it still having one of the worst names i've ever heard yeah. for a game um it's just a sign about it that isn't grabbing me and i don't know what it is i i i like housemark i really enjoy it some of their older games like Dead Nation and Resogun, but I don't know. This I'm sure it's one. And I was talking, I was talking to Joe last night about it, and uh, it definitely looks like one of those games that maybe once you're playing it, you'll realise how good it is. Like their games are all about gameplay and yeah. about feel, and maybe to watch it isn't as interesting. But it's also got a lot more horror elements mm. to it, and Did almost it... a bit of control to it. Oh uh, yeah, that's what just what I was going to say. Do you feel like it felt like it had sort of the movement and rhythm of when you're playing control at a high level, mm-hmm. when you've like you know spec'd everything out, and that part of it really excited me. I look, I thought the enemy design seemed really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Where they lost me, in, and this is very a me specific thing, is when it splashed upon the screen saying roguelike. <laughs> at that point, I'm like, I just don't like those sort of games. So that kind of it lost me a little bit there. I get the impression like, it will be very narrative led as a roguelike because there seems to be like all of those bits where it goes first person and she's sort of like exploring oh, an yeah. area so the i wonder if it's stuff, got yeah. that 
Hades thing where every run you do, you do sort of learn something new about the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I am a little cold by it, but that trailer did more to get me. I think there's just something about the art style I don't like. Um, Speaking of roguelike, I'm just jumping ahead to someone else. Is is Sifu roguelike as well? That was the impression, right? You die and then you respawn as older. I feel like, yeah, well, let's talk about Sifu, which is the new game from the Absolver, Absolver developer. Slow cap. Mm-hmm. It's coming to PS4 and PS5 later this year. It looked really cool, didn't it? It yeah. looked like you know everyone just instantly went, "Oh, it's old boy the <laughs> yeah. game." I I I watched it and thought it's the raid, which mm-hmm. you know both yeah. both good things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it looks really fu- that looks like my sort of thing, and yeah. just the style of it is fantastic. It yeah, looks like the sort of thing that's really fun to play as well, like really like mm-hmm. frantic action. I was into that. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it looks like a road like where you grow older. Like yeah, every yeah, it time seems you like die. Yeah, yeah, when you die, like he gets the beard, and you can just imagine kind of like you know how battered an old old boy looks like when he's in the <laughs> corridor scene. I like the idea of having my guy that's like he's got to he's a bit past his prime, he's almost middle yeah. age, but just still hammering his way through all these guys. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I never actually properly played Absolver. Um, it was difficult. Looking man. back, yeah, it, um, it looks. You know, I might go back and give it another go, but. Who knows? There's stuff to play in there. We don't know when that's coming out. I think Returnal's April, isn't it? I'm right. Yeah, it's pretty soon. That's not far away. Um, Also in April and coming to PS Plus is Oddworld Soulstorm, which Mm. they spent a good few minutes on. Um, (laughs) I, I don't. You know, I'm sure there's people out there, and I'll be shouted at for saying this. I don't know who the Oddworld games are for anymore. Like to me, I look at them and. They're, they're made by a supposed legend, um, but I just look at them and I'm like, these are like such dull stealth and puzzle games like that belonged 15 to 20 years ago. I remember playing the PS1 one and being like, this was fun when I was like, I don't know, seven. But like, is anyone under the age of 40 excited for this? You've got to think it's only people <laughs> who are attached to that when they played it mm-hmm. as a kid, right? Because it's a nostalgia yeah. play because they're not pushing the medium forward really it doesn't feel like they are it feels like just more of the same but it looks a little bit nicer it's Ooh. obviously smoothed uh, out yeah. because they don't have to do the screen transitions but i know that it's a it's like a half remake of abe's exodus isn't it it like uses right. the some of the ideas but it's got some new stuff in it there's a part yeah. of me that kind of likes that universe because it's very weird and it's like it is weirder than quite a lot of the stuff we see my main thing is is like i tried to play um, was it New and Tasty, the remake of Odyssey? Mm-hmm. Of I think Odyssey? So, yeah. And it was like, that was bastard hard. Like, <laughs> oh, and they're I'm not, not easy games. No, really like, like, it's got this like, really unforgiving. Quite a lot of the time, you'll be like deactivating mines and stuff like that. And the window to, de- to tap them is so minuscule. And obviously, Abe can't fight back. He's mushy as hell. Mm. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm not very good at platformers, and I'll absolutely hold my hands up to that. Like, I'm shit at jumping. Um, and so they're they're games that I wish because I'm sure there's something in there that I could get into, but especially because it's got the stealth and I like stealth. But yeah, I yeah. probably they're not just not for me. This. And do you know what? I'm yet to actually talk to anyone who does like those games. So you know, maybe write into IGN underscore UK, um, yeah, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN dot com if and just tell me tell me why why you want to play this game. We used to work with someone who likes those games, mate. Um, really? He doesn't. People would know him on the podcast, but Adam uh, used to work next, sit next to me in the office. He was big into those games. So there's one person. There's one. 
uh yeah i get it there you know it's kind of funny when they walk i get that <laughs> uh <laughs> let's move on to one thing that we're definitely excited for which is death loop i feel like we've talked about death loop a lot but that is one of the best trailers i've seen for a yeah. game because it was just a bond intro sequence mm-hmm. and yeah. i like that <laughs> yeah what I, can um... you say about it apart from it it's just super cool isn't it it just looks like the coolest yeah. most fun game yeah, I think it's one of these things where kind of like the last big trailer they did for it was one that it sort of properly had a narrative to explain what the concept was. The last one was Two Birds with One Stone, where it was like, mm-hmm. there's this character over here, there's this character over here, and I need to get them together, and that's how Deathloop works. That's how I kill two yeah. people to make sure I can kill all the targets in one day. So now they've established that, it was just like, okay, we're going to do a super cut of this game, make the character look as fucking cool as possible, and stick... The be- probably the best video game theme tune I've heard since Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was very, yeah, it reminded me of it that immediately. Cool. Mm-hmm. Every time I do see this game, I'm like, oh, I hope I look that cool when I'm playing it. Because, <laughs> you, won't, you know, it's going to be so much slower <laughs> and bumbling around and just like, I'm not going to be sliding off rooftops and like pushing people into rivers and stuff. <laughs> well, you never know, I might, might push someone in a river. That's the sort of thing I'd do, isn't it? Uh there we go. It wasn't as exciting, you know. Obviously, we were hoping for. I was, I was convinced we were going to see something about Horizon. Mm. Um, didn't see that. I thought we'd see a little bit of Ratchet and Clank. Didn't mm. see any yeah. of that. Um, that feels odd. But yeah, nah, not not a ton there. But I think I think until the Final Fantasy announcement, it felt very tepid to be honest and that yeah. that was the only real newsworthy thing at the end wasn't it it's one of those where it got near the end I'm, i looked at the time i was like oh God, there's only like four minutes left of this <laughs> but yeah maybe we're just i think we're it's similar with the nintendo things that people in their heads set mad expectations i feel like it didn't help that they did kind of say like packed full of like we're only talking about games and there's gonna be new announcements and there was like apart from the final fantasy thing and sifu was there actually anything else new new like, trailers for stuff that we already knew well, yeah, about there wasn't, right. like, any new announcements there was that game that looks like the pathless when you're oh yeah oh, solar ash uh, isn't it solar yeah. ash yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't that didn't do a lot for me i'm not gonna no. lie um but i'm sure it'd be nice it looks nice um but yeah we're recording this before the uh pokemon direct thing in an hour's <laughs> time we're not going to be doing a pickup for that but um you know everyone's yeah you know, it the leaks suggest that the diamond and pearl thing is happening let's go is happening so if that happens enjoy that we might see some pokemon snap i'll enjoy that uh but i yeah, won't hopefully everyone else <laughs> oh, not snap i'm afraid just give me normal pokemon mate just just proper oh. rpgs you prefer taking photos of people, don't you, rather than uh, the weird creatures? You said that like it was so sinister. What's wrong with yeah. taking p- pictures of people? Well, I, I'm inferring. <laughs> I might be an artiste, <laughs> Cardi. <laughs> mm. you uh artiste on the local swimming bath. <laughs> oh, my oh, God, this is going dark, isn't it? <laughs> Slanderous, that is. It's, I know. Uh, write in if, if you have any theories. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Is this is what this podcast has um, become? I've only been away for yeah. like four weeks. Um, <laughs> yeah, IGN underscore UK feedback uh, at IGN.com. Um, of course, we still want to know about those juices. Any uh, decommissioned juices that you want to see back in your local shelves? Uh, <laughs> All right. Though you look very confused. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Yeah, okay. can't wait to read uh, all those emails. Do you know what? Seeing as I slandered you so hideously, Matt, would you like to choose a piece, your favourite piece of Final Fantasy VII music, to play us out? 
I don't want. I, uh, despite the Final Fantasy VII having one of my favourite soundtracks of all time. Oh, you want the, the Death, Death Loop song? Oh yeah. Oh, good okay. That's your choice. There we go. We, can we play it in full? I don't know. It's, I think we'll it's already bit, on streaming. Yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know what the rules are. I'll play some of it, if not all of it. Um, but yeah, enjoy right. that, everyone. I'm out. Goodbye. Right. See you. Bye. Bye.